Hello everybody and welcome to Mirror Football's Transfer Spy Podcast with you every single weekday until the end of the transfer window. I'm Aaron Flanagan and joining me today to talk through all the latest transfer news, uh, first of all, uh, is Ibrahim Mustafa back again. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, two days in a row. Um, yeah, looking forward to this. Good stuff. And uh, Alex Richards is here. Alex, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. A bit cold in this room, but apart from that... Not too bad. Yeah, I'm not really sure why it's so cold in this room because the office is actually quite warm today. But um, well, we'll, uh, we'll 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 suck it up. We'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll start today with Paul Pogba. Uh, Paul Pogba never long out of the news uh, for any reason. Um, there's a little bit of a transfer saga going on now with him. Obviously, he was linked to Juventus um, and a return there. Um, he's now been linked to Barcelona. Um, a report in Italy. Um, there was reporting on the Juventus saga initially, basically said he held secret talks uh, with Barcelona earlier this summer. Uh, the report has since been denied by Barcelona, and Eric Cabadell has come out and said, no, we, we've not held talks with, with Pogba, but um, obviously that's the report. Um, Alex, I'll start with you. Um, Paul Pogba, should he be looking for a move now? Or, I mean, is one season with Manchester United where he's kind of he struggled, is that enough for him to say... Actually, maybe maybe this wasn't for me. I think you could possibly say if he was if he was really unhappy there, but he doesn't give the general impression that he is unhappy at United. You know, even times last season when he was getting substituted, seeing him around his teammates and around the training ground and whatnot, he's very smiley, very much enjoying his life. Even you know those times when Mourinho is pulling him off, yes, he's unhappy because he's getting substituted or he's playing poorly. But I think he looks happy enough there. It is just all about the actual game and Mourinho's actual use of him, where the issue is. If they can fix that, and Pogba was excellent at the World Cup in a, in a very defensive role. So if he takes that on, I don't see any problem. I don't see any reason for him to leave. Yeah. And I'd be surprised if anyone was going to pay the money United would want right now for him because they're not going to lose money on him. Yeah, how much would you say that United would would demand then? Obviously, if if, if they were going to sell him, obviously it was only last summer where they they paid ninety million pounds. Is two pretty, summers ago? Uh, two, Been there yeah, two years now. Sorry, two years. Blind me. Time flies. Um, but I mean, it's it, surely they'd ask for hundred and fifty odd million. Yeah, I think that'd be around about the minimum they'd ask for him. I think, what's it, like you say, it's two years, he's still got time left on his contract. He's still a decent enough player, as we've all seen during the World Cup. And yeah, I don't think Man United are not really in a position where they'd be, where they'd have to sell him. I mean, from a club point of view. So un- unless they didn't actually didn't want him, they actually wanted to get rid of him. That's the only way I'd see them sort of lowering any sort of asking price they'd want for him. So if they knew other clubs were interested, they'd say, well... You know, I want to make some serious money back on him. So, yeah, I think yeah, around 150 million would be what you'd imagine he'd be worth. Yeah. And, and of course, the market's become greatly inflated in that time because of the Neymar deal last summer and the yeah. subsequent fallout from that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, though, I, I, I don't think Pogba's done enough. I know he had, he had a great World Cup, can't doubt that, but I don't think he's been done enough to, to justify 150 million pounds on any, cl- any club to justify spending that sum of money but this is, comes down to what Alex is saying about how he's been used and how he's been deployed in that Manchester United team and how you know the various issues with his position and how Manchester United set up I mean if he goes to a team like Barcelona you imagine that that would be more dare I say conducive to his sort of overall style of football so perhaps I imagine to say that he hasn't done enough for United doesn't necessarily mean he wouldn't do enough elsewhere should he go for 
have much reason. And, and the thing is, when clubs buy players, they sh- they shouldn't, in theory, be buying a player because of what he's done. They should be buying him and spending the money because of what they expect him to yeah, do. To bring to for that side, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, um, a big change for United this this uh, year or in the midfield anyway is the fact that Fred's there. Uh, Fred against Real Madrid in the friendly very recently looks excellent. I, I saw a little highlights package of him. I know some of them highlights packages can be very biased at times, but he he looked good. He looked like he's he's going to offer something that is at least maybe going to free up Pogba. They also they also look like they're moving to free at the back as well. In the big big friendlies they've played this summer, Milan, Madrid, and Liverpool, they've played free at the back in each game. Yeah. And it's not necessarily worked because of course. He hasn't had a full strength side at times, but it seems that's the way that Mourinho is going to line up, and certainly that would make more sense towards he's already got four or five central defenders, so why is he after another one? Yeah, um, it, it brings us on nicely onto the next name uh, on my list in front of me, which is in the stories today, and that's Yeri Mina. Uh, the story is that he's a chief negotiator, uh, which I assume is probably just an, his agent. Um, I thought United's chief negotiator. Uh, no, I, I think I thought it was Yerry Mina's chief negotiator. That would just mean agent, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but um, anyway, um, Yerry Mina's chief negotiator um, or agent or I don't know who these person Rep- representative yeah, associate. Someone who is working Money with man. Yerry Mina apparently has Mr. twenty percent has flown to the UK. Uh, <laughs> uh, has flown to the UK to um, to kind of open up these talks over, over a deal. Uh, which brings me back, back to the, the three at the back scenario. Um, you mentioned how many names United have got. Oh, so they've got four or five options there. I don't think any of them are good enough for three at the back. Are they? Are, 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 I, I think Eric, Eric Bailey's, I think, really good defender. I think it was very surprising at I, times when he wasn't playing last yeah, season. I was going to say, Mourinho, just, something hasn't quite worked with their relationship because, sure, I mean, he is out and out their best best defender yeah. it, was, it was wasn't Mourinho made the comments that oh he's not playing towards the end of the season because he's not going to the World Cup which was you know very surprising I, I don't think any of their defenders are particularly bad apart from maybe Marcus Rojo but you know I think Lindelof should improve a lot this season he looked a lot better for Sweden than he ever has for United a lot more composed um, Smalling and Jones you know what you're going to get you know we, I think familiarity breeds contempt where those two are Regarded because they've been there so long now that you always think the grass is greener elsewhere. They're both Premier League winners. They've both won it on a couple of occasions. They're both solid performers. As long as United are set up right and they get enough protection, then they're solid enough for United and for what they want to achieve. And then you say, though, if they get enough protection, but that surely exposes their their obvious limitations that the likes of Smalling and Jones but that's the same for anyone look at, look at so. the difference between John Stones last season and John Stones the previous year Yeah, uh, different player different player completely uh, you mentioned Chris Smalling there Chris Smalling linked with Wolves uh, absolute non-star yeah I, I mean it was going to say it's, I think it's a, a loose connection but uh, I mean in theory you, you're a Wolves fan Alex do, would you like Chris Smalling if, if Chris Smalling is leaving Manchester United to join Wolves then he probably becomes Wolves best centre half yeah oh. but it's just a non-starter it's, yeah. his wages would be too high there's no value there fair enough uh, back to Yerry Mina uh, obviously he, he's the player that we're, we're talking about um, at the moment he's from obviously Columbia Way who we represented at the World Cup and, and had a decent World Cup but mm. you look at his time at Barcelona obviously I think he only started I think four La Liga games last season um, it's pretty alarming that United are, are maybe having to turn to somebody who's so expi- so inexperienced 
at the top level who, I mean, there's one game in particular I remember against uh, Levante where uh, Barca got beat 5-4 and he he looked like a headless chicken. He, he looked, he was all over the place. But I think, I mean, the spotlight falls on him for that game because that was Barcelona's one league defeat, their first league defeat of the season and it was such an absolute chaotic game that it was just so back and forth. 5-4 it finished, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was an absolute, just one of those real, sort of real freak show games. But, and like I say, the spotlight falls on him because of that. But you've got to take into account the fact that that game was so crazy and it, people are allowed to have the odd bad game. I know, yeah, he didn't start, he didn't play very many games for them. But I think to reflect, to, to use that game as a reason to suggest he's not very, well, not good enough is probably slightly unfair. But I know Alex is probably going to come on to how he saw him perform at the World Cup. I know you said he had a good World Cup. Yeah, he got some goals, but I think... Alex will tell you that he wasn't yeah, very good was, I wasn't impressed with, with him defensively at all okay. I thought a lot of the time he, he was bailed out by the speed of Davinson Sanchez alongside him who as we've seen at Spurs reads the game really well um, Mina, he, he's a big guy he's physical he's powerful as we saw it really completely dominant with his three goals in the opposing penalty area he's a bit grabby he likes to get tight to attackers he gives away fouls he allows them to roll him but and turn he'll probably get, that, get away with that in the Premier League arguably I don't. I don't think you do anymore. I, th- I think ten years ago you would. You'd be allowed to put your hands all over people. But now I think strikers are a little bit more cunning and they get a little bit more protection from referees. But as soon as hands go on them, it gets called. I, I think it will be interesting to see actually after the World Cup yeah. how referees sort of look at that. Given especially how, especially in the penalty area. Yeah. Um, I think the one the one thing to say about him is the fact that Barcelona paid eleven million for him in January, and now the fees being quoted at thirty plus million. Yeah. Uh, 30, 35 million astronomical it, 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 it's a it's a a rise that is completely unnecessary yeah, that shouldn't inexplicable. shouldn't be yeah. there it's just because they're Premier League clubs and they're being linked and he had a decent World Cup and his name was up in lights suddenly the Premier League cash is there and Barcelona are thinking to themselves well we can get the same amount of money for him that we've spent on Clement Langley from Seville yeah. so you can't blame Barcelona yeah. at all if they can cash in now and get three times the money then hey why not yeah uh, obviously you mentioned uh, Langley there he's, he's already probably above Yerry Mina in, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. in, in, in the pecking order Mina's, Mina's down to fourth choice now if, if there's PK Samuel Mtiti who has been outstanding for Barcelona since going and, and Langley now yeah uh, sticking to I'll say just quickly on, on, on that deal um, Yerry Mina then from Manchester United's perspective £35 million of signing is it a good deal just a, a yes or no no, I mean, I mean, it's monopoly money, isn't it? Effectively, but no, it's not a good deal to pay that much for him. Yeah, Ibra, I'd have to agree. Unfortunately, no. Yeah, no, I think that makes three of us. Uh, it would say Yerry Mina to Manchester United for thirty-five million would not be a good deal. Um, so yeah, interesting to see that one. We'll follow that development on that deal uh, on this podcast over the next week or so. Um, just moving on to Liverpool quickly. Uh, Christian Pulisic is a name that has been linked around Liverpool on and off uh, continually it seemed like he's been more linked with uh, or close, more closely linked to Chelsea in recent weeks um, but there's been a report um, this morning claiming that Christian Pulisic uh, could do a Nabikita i.e. Have, end up with some kind of agreement with Liverpool in the next few weeks uh, to you know for, to move next summer and he'll carry on spending another year at Dortmund um, Alex uh, we know you, you watch a lot of Bundesliga um, is Christian Pulisic the real deal I think he's got an outstanding future um, there's a really good article in another publication about why Liverpool 
aren't interested in buying him now um, because they they wanted to buy him for 11 million under Klopp two summers ago, and now the fees being quoted are like 52 million. He's only I think scored just over double figures, and maybe has got slightly less for double figures. I think he had like four assists last season. That's it. So they're not going to spend 50 plus 60 plus million on a backup to one of their front three. They've signed Jordan Shakiri, who's got similar if not better numbers at, at a worse team in Stoke for 13 million to do that role so that's why he's not going now the thing for the future is he's got two years left on his Dortmund contract he spends another year there Dortmund if he doesn't sign a new deal they have to cash in next summer so if Liverpool can do what they did with Cater, get a deal going now then it works for all parties because you would naturally think he will improve in the next 12 months further so Dortmund would get the value yeah. Pulisic gets more experience more first team football Liverpool get the player when he's more yeah. developed. I think it, I think it, if it is actually a thing to happen, it's win-win-win for all parties. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't and Liverpool play the game, then next summer they possibly lose out to another club or Dortmund then lose out themselves and yeah. Pulisic himself could be held at Dortmund to, for an extra year and then walk away for free. Yeah, so I very much fully expect a, a lot more teams to be interested in Pulisic. If if he doesn't, if he's still a Dortmund player by the time that all the transfer windows yeah. close at the start of September, I very much expect there'll be a lot more interest come January yeah. and probably. And he is he is the great American. He's the great American hope and. He's a marketing dream for any club, especially those with American owners. I was going to say, uh, when you uh, mention clubs marketing and stuff, that Im- immediately my head brings into the to question things like Real Madrid, who obviously are big on marketing and, and stuff like that. And they've obviously lost a market in Cristiano Ronaldo. They're going to be able and, to... And look- not picked one up. But that's exactly. no- notable. They haven't made that big that big splash that we expect from them. Just, you know, it's been the case for however many years yeah. not done it yet so far this summer so you know you got to wait and see if they're sort of keeping their powder dry before making a big splash yeah. no it's going to be interesting they're, they're definitely I think that I think they need another name um, I don't I think on the pitch Gareth Bale can yeah. probably step up to but also also Asensio and v- v- they spent quite heavily in recent summers on young Spanish players yeah. so I think that's something that they're naturally trying to progress with Julian Lopetegui in charge yeah, um, so obviously, yeah, a, a lot of young Spanish players there, but I'd say no real big no. marketing worldwide name. But Eden Hazard, as we say, still linked as well. Neymar rumours will continue to, to swirl around, uh, of course, with that one. Um, one more club I want to move on to before we finish this podcast is Newcastle today. I say on this podcast for the past week, we've been talking about a few of the more mid table to bottom half teams uh, and assessing their business. Newcastle's business has been. Quiet, I think, is the the, the, the best way to uh, to describe it. Yes, they brought in the likes of Kennedy uh, on loan from Chelsea. They've signed uh, Key Sung Young from from Swansea, but um, Rafa Benitez just isn't getting the sport, isn't getting the investment, and he went on, um, I say, quite an astonishing rant because it was so open about the owner and how Newcastle is just not achieving what they. They should be doing. It's, um, it's they had just been hammered four nil by Braga as well. Yeah, which when I saw the result, absolutely Gobsmacks, shocked, shocked yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, shocked that they'd been hammered in that way. Yeah, but I mean, uh, concerning times uh, for Newcastle. Just a l- little story around Newcastle today. Um, Salomon Rondon was meant to be coming in from from West Brom. He had a release clause of sixteen and a half million pounds from West Brom because of their relegation. Because Newcastle had been pussyfooting around and you know just messing about. Um, they've waited too long. It's now tipped into August. That uh, release clause is now null and void. It's not there. 
which now means that if West Brom are going to sell, they could potentially ask for up to like twenty-five million pounds or so. And, and the strange thing there is, is West Brom have been really keen on Dwight Gale, yeah, as well. So you know, Newcastle, Newcastle easily could have paid that sixteen million and then received two thirds, if not more, back. Yeah. But I mean, I think this just sums up Newcastle at the moment and the way they go about things is that it's just there's just no conviction, there's no authority, there's just they just seem to be making loads of mistakes behind the scenes, and that's well, that's what I'm gathering. Uh, say from Newcastle because I mean to be honest at the end of the day, if you, if you if you want Rondon and it seemed like the deal was almost done, you make sure that you get it done so it's not going to cost you even more money. It's just it's, it's just, just poor management and you can understand uh, Rafa Benitez's frustrations. Yeah, ultimately they've just it almost seems as though they were sort of waiting, 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 and now it's almost an excuse not to spend the money. It's like well we were trying. They can spin the line that they were trying, and then oh time ran out and we weren't able to get. A deal done in time and then well now they've still got the money saved in the bank there don't they um, what was interesting about Newcastle is the um, takeover that was so close to happening at the yeah. start of the year and then now that's just it's disappeared it's gone and now they're right back in the situation whereby they're just petering on just going just from almost from week to week just you know what no one really knows what the future holds for them and it's a big season for them because if they go down again this year yeah. they might not bounce back straight well, away as they have done in they, previous they, years it's almost like Mike Ashley's happy for them to tread water and just keep picking up the Premier League money whereas Rafa Benitez wants to wants to move them forwards he wants the yeah. club to progress he wants to be able to bring in players to make the club progress and seemingly there's a very diff- big difference of opinion between manager and owner. Yeah, it's, it's alarming for the fans as well, because the fans are very much on Benitez's side. They're, they're huge Benitez fans. He's obviously played good football. He's, he took them to the top half last season, which I thought was a, a, a phenomenal achievement, for given where the, the state of the club and everything. Um, so, yeah, um, concerning times, because yeah. there's, there's every chance that if, if this relationship with the owner and manager remains, uh, Benitez, I mean, every chance he doesn't end the season. I think it, says, it says everything about them, but their record signing remains Michael Owen. Yeah. You know, that's 13, 13 years ago, 14 years ago now. I didn't know that that was still the case. Yeah, he's still their record signing. Blimey. Blimey. So, yeah. Um, worrying times for Newcastle. Uh, before we finish, uh, where do we think uh, Newcastle are going to finish this season? About 15th, 16th. So, just just stay up? Just about. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, but it it's a season of struggle. A manager like Rafa Benitez shouldn't be battling against relegation. Well, that's the key point. I mean, if... As you say, if this relationship sort of breaks down and well, sort of breaks down further, uh, and Benitez decides to walk midway through the season, then you know maybe it could be the outcome could be even worse for them. Yeah. Excellent, right, guys. Thank you very much. As I just before we finish, I've got about forty seconds or so I can I can see on there. Just a quick round rundown of some of the other transfer news that is going on today. Uh, Spurs are apparently interested in Lewis Cook from Bournemouth, uh, thirty million pounds, uh, quite a lot. But I mean, he's he's highly rated, uh, and obviously a young England captain. Uh, Ashley Williams is set to go on loan to Stoke from Everton after being exiled from uh, first team training there, along with uh, three other players as well. Gonzalo Higuain is having his medical at AC Milan. Cardiff are set to miss out on Troy Deeney because Watford don't want to say don't want to sell and Josh Onoma is wanted by Burnley and Fulham. Cool, that's it. Thank you very much, guys. That'll do us on today's Transfer Spy podcast. Uh, we will be back um, tomorrow and then back on Monday after that. Um, but yeah, until then, we'll see you next time.